Welcome to a Better Covenant podcast, an arm of the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Praise God. Welcome to my podcast and to my TV series, A Better Covenant. And uh, today, I want to begin a new series uh, which I have titled uh, Plan B. And uh, that's an interesting title because I know you'll be asking yourself, how did I come about that title? I'll tell you how I did. Some time ago, a friend of mine um, called me and we were talking. This is somebody I talk regularly from time to time. We enjoy a lot of chatting. He's a very good friend of mine. And he called my attention to what a one popular, very well-known uh, minister of the gospel in Nigeria had told his congregation. Uh, concerning the situation back home in Nigeria, uh, which of course has been a source of concern to so many. The security, political, economic situation has been a real source of concern. He himself being also one of the leading voices and advocates for change, told his congregation, well, you know, you, uh, you guys also, my family and I, we are this is just a, a summary of what he said, in my own words, not in exact, not exactly in his words. He said, uh, I know you guys also make up your own plan B. We are also putting in place our plan B in case uh, things don't work out in the country as it is right now. So I thought that was very interesting. And uh, I uh, had impression in my heart that I should also, uh, this is a public statement. This is something that began to trend on the internet and continues to trend even up, uh, up until now. And so, uh, I will be talking about uh, talking the, this the, around this uh, this uh, phrase Plan B, and I've made it the title of this new series that I'm going to be uh, doing. Now, I am going to be addressing specifically the situation in Nigeria, uh, which is my home country, and uh, but the principles that I that I that I will be uh, Enunciating are, are really these are principles that are, that cut across the board. They apply anywhere in the world, and, uh, um, and so even though I'm, I will be zeroing in on Nigeria, I think it applies to any African country and anybody anywhere can use these principles and prosper by these principles. But I'm going to be dedicating this series specifically to Nigeria and the situation that is on ground at the moment. Now. The way I look at the situation home at home, the way I look at the situation in Nigeria, and the, and the reason why I feel everybody, whether you are in Nigeria at this point in time, every Nigerian has a cause to be concerned, and has a role to play, and should rightfully step up and play whatever role they they should play to make sure that things go forward and things move forward in our in our fatherland. And and, and and this is my way, this is my contribution in addition to other things that I'm doing behind the scene and in addition to my prayers uh, and collaborative efforts with others. This is also uh, my my way of uh, making my contribution to, to the situation that is on ground. Now, the way I look at this situation is like an apartment building and a building, let's say a 10-story building or 15-story building that houses flats and people are living. There's several people in that flats. You have this apartment building where several people are living. And the fire starts in one of the flats. Maybe, let's say, the, the flat downstairs. And you are up there in the 10th floor. 
with your family, everything is nice for the moment. And there's a, there's a fire down there and you stay in your room and in your, in your flat and you say, no, everything is fine with me. I, that, that fire doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm fine where I am. And uh, if you don't take any action, if everybody else does not take, a, take, a, take action, you will be sure that uh, that fire is eventually going to engulf the entire building and bring the building down and lives and properties will be lost. So what happens when the fire starts in one of the flats in an apartment building? Everybody gets out and puts their hands uh, uh, to work. Everybody goes to work to make sure that uh, that fire is put out. And that's the way I look at it. And that every right-thinking Nigerian at this point in time has to step up and begin to do what uh, they need to do in order that this situation should be contained and, and, and brought to an end so that the country can move forward in the path of peace, in the path of progress, in the path of prosperity, in the path in which everybody can begin to live their lives to their full potential. Now, I'm looking at this uh, scripture in S chapter 4, verse uh, 13, and I think here, the things that Mordecai uh, told uh, uh, Esther in Esther chapter 4, verse 13, are very, very, very uh, relevant to what we're going through today. To everybody, I mean, I'm talking about even people that are outside the country, because sometimes you may look at it and say, well, you know, uh, well, things are bad at home, and, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't really concern me because where I am in America, where I am in Britain, where I am in uh, Australia, where I am in Canada, I'm, I'm fine. I'm at peace. I've got a good job. My family is okay. My kids are going to good schools. I have it all made. I don't have to worry about things at home. No matter how things, how bad things get there, it will never get to me. Well, you are wrong if you have that kind of attitude. And that's what uh, uh, Mordecai uh, was telling Esther at this point in time. You are wrong if you have that kind of attitude. And of course, as we go more and more into that statement, the plan B, yeah, we'll begin to uh, uh, look at different aspects of that, that phrase, that, that, that statement, plan B, and begin to see, uh, look at it from, from the Bible and see whether, uh, 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 what does that statement uh, really mean and what are the implications of that statement for a child of God. And so you may say, well, you know, I already have my plan B in place. I'm already out of the country. I'm not there. I'm not there right now. I don't care how things, how bad things get. I don't care. Uh, people there can kill themselves. People there can, uh, can pull themselves down, destroy themselves. They can burn down the whole country. That's got nothing to do with me whatsoever because I'm already out of the place with my family. I'm safe and secure where I am. Well, if that's your attitude, then you're also wrong. And that's what uh, Mordecai told Esther. At a point in time, uh, this nation of Israel had been taken uh, captive into the land of uh, Persia, and there they were uh, they, they were they were captives to this foreign power called uh, Persia. And um, the, 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 there was a man, a wicked man by the name Haman, who had hatched a plot that would uh, completely wipe out all Jews uh, in the land. And Esther was so strategically positioned at this point in time that his her uncle uh, her, uh, Mordecai went up to her and said, "Look, you are the only one. You are the only person at this point in time who can go right into the uh, where the king is and uh, make supplication and 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 on behalf of the entire Jewish people and seek his intervention to reverse this decree that has been put forth to destroy." 
an entire nation. And so we see the things here that uh, uh, Mordecai, uh, the, the statement that Mordecai made to Esther, it says, yeah, then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. In other words, he was telling her, you may think you are secure right now, and that when things begin to happen to the Jews out here, and, and they are being killed and they're being slaughtered, you may think, well, I'm the king's queen. I'm safe and secure here where I am. He said, don't think like that way, because when, it, when this begins to happen, one way or the other, they are going to find out you are a Jew, they are going to find out that you are Jewish, and they will also come after you. And, and 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 kill you and that's what i'm saying that 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 we should not have the attitude wherever we are even those of us that are outside of the uh, outside of the country at this point in time we should not have the attitude that uh, well you know we, we 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 are safe and secure wherever we are no matter what happens back home uh, we, we will never affect us no uh, one way or the other the enemy will see to it that uh, that uh, you you have your own share fair share of those troubles so we have to have all hands on deck to see to it that our country emerges uh, uh, victorious and successful at this point in time. Let's look at verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? In other words, it's not a mistake that you are where you are. It's not a mistake that you are being positioned where you are. Providence has not positioned you where you are uh, by a mistake. There is a reason why you're where you are. And wherever you are, uh, have you thought about it that maybe you are where you are outside of the country right now for a reason that has relevance to your country back home in Nigeria? That there's something you can do that could help the situation back home in Nigeria? There, there's a way you can collaborate with people outside and within the country that could help your country to move forward? Have you thought about it? That's what he's telling Esther. He said, do you think, or have you thought about it, that it's not a mistake that you are queen at this point, that God had you positioned there because he knew that at some point in time, the nation will need your services and the, the influence and the power that comes with your position. So the situation in the country is of such a nature that all hands must be on deck to see to it that our country emerges victorious. And what I'm doing right now is in part uh, part of my effort to see to it that our country, Nigeria, begins to find the pathway of peace and the pathway of progress. Now let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 to 3. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, over there in the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 2, let's read it, let's read from verses 1, I write that to 3. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Now, he's talking about the mission of the church in the world. This man, Apostle Paul, is writing to Timothy, who was uh, mentored by him, trained by him, and now he was bishop, uh, where he was working at this point in time. Uh, and he's telling him that... Uh, to make 
to prioritize prayer here. He says, first of all, in other words, before anything else, put this at the top of your list. He says, first of all, uh, prayers, uh, 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 intercessions, uh, supplications, giving of things be made for all men, for kings and for all in authority. This phrase, all in authority, means people in position of influence. Those who are in high position, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about people who are prominent in society, people that have the ability to shape and influence the direction in which the society and the country will go. And we have all kinds of people like that right now in Nigeria. Uh, and, and, and they talk, and you have multitudes of people who listen to them, and some of them are even willing to carry arms to go to war at the command of these people. So he's talking about such people. He says, pray for them. Pray for all such people. Uh, not just for government officials, but he's talking about people of prominence in the in the land. And so we should pray for them because these are the people that shape the direction in which the society moves. And uh, the people that shape the political atmosphere of the country. That's what this scripture is talking about. And he's saying that we should pray for them. Why? He says, because the political atmosphere of the country in which we live, it, it, it has a bearing on our mission as a church. That's what he's talking about here. What's the mission of the church? To propagate the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. To see to it that all men come into the knowledge that there's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. Isn't that the mission of the church? Isn't that why we are here primarily on earth? That's why we are here. That's what we are supposed to be doing. And he's saying your ability to fulfill that assignment and carry out that task is uh, dependent on the political atmosphere of the of the of the country. And what people don't understand is that you cannot separate your success as a local assembly, as a church, as a ministry from the political atmosphere in which the country lives uh, operates in. If the country, if the political uh, situation in the country deteriorates to such an extent now that you have war in the land, I can guarantee you, you won't have all your, your mega church activities and all these things that you are doing. You won't be able to carry them out. Because at this point in time, that war takes precedence over everything else. And that's the reason why there's so much agitation. That's the reason why in the spiritual realm, the enemy, ultimately what he wants to do is to make sure there's a complete breakdown of law and order because when there's a complete breakdown of law and order, then you cannot fulfill your primary objective, your primary assignment of being there. You won't be able to do it. And that's why he's saying prioritize this and, 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 and see to it that this is done. Why? Because the political atmosphere in which we live is what controls our ability to do everything else, including our ability to fulfill our mission as a church, the body of Christ. And we all know what God wants to do through the church in Nigeria. It's not only in Nigeria that this prophecy has gone forth. It's gone forth in other parts of the world that this is a country that God's hand is upon and God wants to use this country in a very powerful and a mighty way to reach other African countries and other parts of the world in a very, very powerful way in this, uh, uh, in the end times in which we live. And that's the reason why we must have all our hands on deck as Christians, primarily as Christians, I'm talking to, to believers now, primarily as believers to see to it that we get involved, get involved uh, uh, with the wisdom of God and the knowledge of the word of God and get involved 
and not only in prayer, work toward it to see to it that your country uh, begins to find the path of peace and the path of success and the path of prosperity. Now, let's look at Jeremiah 29. Uh, I want to look at Jeremiah 29 over there in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 7. Now, uh, Jeremiah at this point in time is uh, writes a letter to the Jews who were in Babylon. They had been taken captive into the land of Babylon and they were beginning to settle down there. And he writes a letter to them. This was not their nation. These people were in captivity in a foreign nation and it begins to give them a very important biblical principle. It says here, And seek the peace of the city whither I have caused you to be carried away captives and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof you shall have peace. Look at the principle there. It says, if in the peace of the city in which you live, or now the city is talking about, and in a wider context, is talking about the country. It says, in the peace thereof, you shall have peace. You, you cannot separate your peace from the peace of the city and the country in which you live. And the, 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 the devil's strategy to strip you of your own peace is to strip the country and the city in which you live of its peace. And that's why God says, seek it. And pray for it. And that's interesting because it uses the word to seek. And that word seek in the Hebrew, it means to seek something in prayer, to seek it in worship, to seek it in study, to seek it in application. That's your action. So it's not only to pray for it, but to actively walk toward it. You see, that's what he's talking about here. He says, seek the peace of the city in which you live. And so we, we, we have been admonished here that if, if you live in Nigeria, and, and of course, if you're in Nigeria and living outside of Nigeria, then you have a responsibility, a God-given responsibility to not only seek the peace of your country, but to seek to it and to walk toward it and to apply yourself to see to it that your the country in which you function as a church and as a people uh, is at peace. Now, now, the Hebrew word shalom is a big word, uh, and, and, and that word means to, to, to be wholesome and together. That's one aspect of, the, of that word. That, that's not all to, there is to that word, but it means to be wholesome, nothing missing, nothing broken, to be wholesome. Well, uh, we have people today advocating for the breakup of the country. Should Christians advocate the breakup of this country? Well, you can see uh, from this scripture, you can see from this scripture whether uh, <laughs> it is the will of God for to break up the, the, the nation of Nigeria. No, peace, shalom means wholesome, together. The, the peace of Nigeria means the wholesomeness of Nigeria, a country together at peace with itself. You see, that's what we should walk toward as believers. I'm talking about as believers now, Christians, pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, uh, uh, ministers of the gospel and their congregations. What should be your attitude? Well, this is what the word of God says. He says, seek for it and pray for it. Uh, because when the enemy begins to put in place uh, uh, things to tear the country apart, be sure that your activities as a church will also be affected. <laughs> you won't be able to continue running your mega church and all these things that you're running around with. You won't be able to keep doing them because priority of war takes precedence over everything else. So those are just my introductory statements. Uh, uh, concerning the situation that I want you to begin to have 
to have a biblical uh, worldview toward the things in the country at this point in time. Begin to look at it from the eyes of scriptures. Begin to look at this from the, what should you do looking at the situation from a biblical perspective? I'm not talking about looking at it the way other people out there who, who do not know scriptures are, are doing. I'm talking about as a believer now, as a Christian now, what should you do? What should be your approach? How should you approach the situation right now in, in Nigeria? This is what the Bible says. You see, this is it says seek the peace of it and 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 the walk toward it and apply yourself to see to it that the vision of peace for the country is actualized and and to and then realized. So that word, uh this Hebrew word darosh, uh means to seek in prayer, to seek in worship, to seek in study, to seek in application, in the application of yourself, apply yourself to it. Do what you have to do. Apply yourself to this. Uh, do whatever you have to do to actualize and to realize the peace of your country and your city. Now, that word, uh, uh, the Hebrew word means to tread and to trample. And if you look at this word from a biblical perspective, tread and to trample is to take control of something, to dominate it, to rule it. If you look at Luke chapter 10, let's look at Luke chapter 10, uh, reading from verse, uh, let me look at Luke chapter 10, reading 19, verses 19 to 20. It says here, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. To tread, you see, it says, I give you power and authority to tread, to dominate, to control. This is a tread over all the power of the enemy. So, we have this word seek being used here in, uh, in, 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 in Jeremiah 29 verse 7. It says seek the peace of your city. That Hebrew word to seek, darosh, means to, to tread, to trample on something or to dominate and to control. Jesus said you have the authority, you have the power to tread and to control. You know, many times you're looking at a situation in a country we we run to blame politicians we run to blame government officials we fail to realize that we have to look at ourselves as believers first and foremost we are the one we are the ones that have the authority and the spiritual authority and power first and foremost over and above politicians to do something about the 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 the, the situation in the country and it says uh, it says is serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. He's talking about demonic forces, uh, Satan and his forces. These are the forces that are operating in the realm of darkness to, to that want to govern and rule and dominate the country. And these are the very forces that want to destroy the country. And spiritual warfare has to take precedence over everything else. The one thing we have to understand is that Satan hates spiritual warfare. Why? Because in the spiritual realm, his resources are very, very limited. Satan likes to fight his battles in the natural realm. Because in the natural realm, that's when he has more resources, more, more items by which he can fight. In the spiritual realm, he is severely limited. So if we hold him in the spiritual realm and fight him in the spiritual realm, we have much more advantage 
over there in the spirit realm. And ultimately, 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 the ultimate aim of the enemy in spiritual warfare is physical war. Is physical war. That's that's ultimately what that's where he wants to move everything into because the natural realm is his preferred realm to fight. That's where he wants to fight his battles. Whereas God wants us to hold him in the spirit realm. And so that's what we as believers first and foremost must begin to understand concerning the situation in Nigeria is that it we must attack it first and foremost as a spiritual situation. We must first and foremost have a spiritual attitude toward it and begin to approach it the way God wants us to approach it. And here he says, pray about it. And then he says, seek it. When you seek it, you look at it from the perspective of God. You begin to seek godly wisdom, godly knowledge, godly information about the situation. And you begin to apply what God is giving you concerning the situation to your country and begin to see positive outcomes and positive results. So that's my first podcast and uh, introducing this uh, subject, Plan B. Uh, I'll be coming your way again with this same subject, Plan B, on Until I Come Your Way Again. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, head of the church, hold you in his grip of grace and continue to walk in the blessings of God. Amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc at abettercovenant.org.